De ster van de stad, altijd dichtbij. TV Maastricht. listening to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. This is Aki, your host and tech for today. Um, I'm here in the studio with Elena. Hello. Uh, Leon. Hi. Sean. Yeah, hello. And we also have a guest on telephone, Eliza Marie from RTV. Hi. Yep. Um, today we actually have a very interesting topic, a somewhat contentious topic. Um, we are talking about rhetoric that would be described as transphobic. Um, it's something that there's been, a, that I've noticed as a bit of a rise of on social media, um, particularly on sites like Twitter and Facebook. 
And yeah, I I thought it was I thought it would be useful to potentially have a discussion on this. Um, yeah, so let's start the discussion. Um, Elena, uh, you first. Um, what have you have you seen any of this rhetoric online? Yes, I I have. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, not uh, trans myself. I'm a cis woman, uh, but yeah, I have I have seen this uh, online, and uh, I've come to learn more and more about uh, the problems behind this kind of rhetoric. So yeah, um, that's why I'm here today. <laughs> nice. Um, and Leon? Yeah. Well, as a trans person, it's not necessarily if I've seen. Uh, transphobic rhetoric because that's the sort of thing that you learn to tune out of the internet of I'm non-binary and the last time I've actually experienced this myself was yesterday oh that's unfortunate do you want to share the experiment experience you don't have to of course but yes yeah. of course I mean it's a learning opportunity for everyone but it was uh, meant as an innocent question I believe someone asked me for my real name hmm the meaning the legal name yeah yeah but yeah uh, everyone knows me as Leon. I don't understand the need to know the birth name or legal name since that's not me, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And Eliza Marie, I understand that you are some, somewhat of a, um, not necessarily, I want to say non-believer, but you're somewhat, you're somewhat more critical of the, of, of the idea of transness on, or at least the, or at least, the, or at least the, Mm, how how they how I don't know. Can you explain? Yeah, I, I think you can clarify much better than I can. I'll explain it because you've not, unfortunately not, not done very well. Um, no, not at all. Not a non-believer at all. I believe that everybody has the right to express themselves how they see fit, as long as that doesn't affect the rights and um, I guess the beliefs of of others. Uh, Leon, I think that this um, an interesting thing for you for you to bring up uh, in a time where now the conversations are being had um, that, uh, that, that people are interested in your situation. Um, may I ask what your response to that was if you found that uncom an uncomfortable question? I mean, in that situation, of course, the way to go about it is with empathy. Uh, hostile reactions don't really help anyone. It doesn't help me, it doesn't help any other trans people that uh, the person in, in question encounters. And my answer to that simply was that the person who asked knew my legal name and I explained just that my real name is Leon and what's on paper doesn't really matter or shouldn't matter at least. Yeah, I think it's really important that we approach uh, as much as we can uh, with, with patience and understanding and as exactly as you said, empathy. Um, because yes, there is um, a lot of information and opinion online that is very highly charged um, but there's also a lot that's just stating um, what I believe to be the obvious and that is what I read in uh, Zaki your post or, or the student radio must post about um, transphobic uh, discourse coming from people like JK Rowling or Chimamanda um, that they are stating their beliefs and they are stating what they believe to be true and scientifically true or biologically true. And I don't necessarily believe that that's transphobic. Um, the, the backlash that, that's happening for these women, are, I can give you an example of a statement made by a London School of Economics um, and Political Science a gender studies student just recently. 
Um, if turf seat trans is an endemic threat to feminism, let us be the threat to feminism. Picture this, I hold a knife to your throat and spit my transness into your ear. Does that turn you on? Are you scared? I sure freaking hope so. And of course, freaking was something else. Uh, but this study, this gender study student was not held accountable, was not, there was no argument or any sort of open discourse about this statement. And this student is actually going on to present this opinion um, at other London conferences. And I was wondering what the student radio team thought about that. Um, I mean, certainly, it's. I think it's very. I think it's, there's a lot that's. I think it's a lot to cover. For me, I think there. I think, and I do. And I also want to bring up. Um, I also wanted to talk really specifically about the about the situations with J.K. Rowling and Chimamanda uh, Adichie, Chimamanda Adichie later in the show. But um, at least, at least, I don't. I, I, because I. Because I'm knowing and been close to many trans people on the internet and in my own life very recently, I don't. I I I am always somewhat bristle a little bit at the reaction of at the reaction when people are when people have said things that 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 maybe that that may be racist or problematic or transphobic in, in other in other ways. And I would like to separate the idea of someone of like of someone being a certain way so like someone being necessarily transphobic i think that in a world where we where that teaches us a certain norm of no, a certain amount of normativity i think that it's very difficult not to learn these things in everyday life so i don't think it's good to just use these words and call someone these things i do think it's important though to potential to criticize the things that people say that may contribute to the system of transphobia or racism and sexism and all of these things and i don't and i and i do think that the rhetoric that people use when confronting these people like jk rowling and Chimanda, i do think there's a lot of really really toxic on toxic rhetoric on the internet um as i as i sometimes say as a joke um twitter is the place where good discourse goes to die um and because of and so i think that because of the way that these figures have so much of a platform on the internet um and I think it's. I think it's very difficult. I think it's very hard to, for me at least, to equate the criticism for the statements that they have made with the kind of transphobic abuse that trans people literally experience on a day-to-day basis. And I, I don't. I don't think it's good to equivocate. To, equi- to equivocate. I don't want to equivocate at all. I think it's. I would. I don't. I don't want to say that one is necessarily better than the other, but I do think that there is a certain element of you know the power dynamic of someone who has all this visibility have all this access to the media um then 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 you know i don't think it's good to equivalent some the, the equivalent the someone criticizing someone who has all of this power and access versus a trans person on the internet who is reacting out of anger and also also often righteous anger at something at something that someone has said um Neither of it is okay to use that kind of toxic language, but I don't want to say. But I don't want to equip to say that the effects of one is the same as the other. But at this moment, we are reaching the point in our show that we have to go to our first song. Um, just for you, so you'll know. Um, just so the audience knows, um, everyone. Every song on the show for today is by either a trans artist or covers some aspect of trans experience. Um, and so this song, the first song that we opened with was Silhouettes by Avicii. Um, and the next song that we're going to play is Immaterial by Sophie. Uh, may she rest in peace. 
girl in the eyes of my inner child. I could be anything I want, and no matter where I go, you'll always be here in my heart, here in my heart, here in my heart. I don't even have to explain, just leave me alone now. I can't be held, I can't be Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. Uh, I'm here, yeah, we're here talking about a lot of rhetoric that's been spreading on the internet, uh, often described as transphobic. Um, also, what I want to do give uh, give a small correction. Um, early in the show, when I introduced Eliza Marie, um, while she does volunteer for RTV, she's not representing RTV at this moment. As a matter of fact, um, everything that everyone is saying on the radio right now, these are not the views and opinions of RTV or SRM necessarily. They are we are just speaking our own minds right here. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, right now I wanted to talk uh, just really. So this section I really wanted to focus on the way a lot of these arguments that I see online um, are often framed, um, and it's it, it, it's in very interesting ways. And I find that it's a lot of it uses very 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 feminist to me sounding arguments in a way to sort of uh, justify justify denying certain rights to trans people, um, and so. And a lot of that, come, a lot of that historically has really come from uh, framing of trans people as sneaky slash sneaky or duplicitous. Um, so, like for example, the way so like for example, um, one thing that's been very common in the news is like bathroom bills, um, where so they, where, where a lot of times they want to prevent trans women from using the same bathroom as cis women, which it 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 implies it, to me it implies a certain level of dangerousness to trans people specifically um which i which doesn't which to me which as based on the data that i've seen it doesn't really exist while there i um but as marie i think you can speak more about this about i think well i think you can talk more about how you see this at least um i in my opinion i don't think that any of the feminist uh, information that i come across is about denying trans rights at all it's about saying, hang on a minute, this is all moving just a bit too fast in uh, giving particular um, parts of the community access to what was previously women-only spaces. We are venturing into some dangerous uh, ground um, and we sort of need to slow down and look at what rights are women losing or what rights are women giving over. 
Oh. Alessa Marie? Oh, I think the call was just dropped. Um, there have been some technical difficulties, unfortunately, with call ends. Um, but, uh, okay, we can continue the conversation. I can potentially try to get her back on the line. But, um, yeah, any yeah. thoughts about from, from y'all? Yeah, I mean, oh, I think oh, maybe I think we are getting her back now. I think potentially, yes. Um, hold on. Um, wait, let me drop. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I wanted to uh, understand more about uh, what is Eliza Marie thinking about in terms of uh, what uh, rights uh, we as women are supposedly losing uh, by tackling these uh, trans rights issues, for example. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know if we are managing to get her back right now. Uh, I don't think we're getting her back at this moment, but I think we'll just continue the discussion, honestly. Yeah. Okay. So... I don't know. Um, well, to me, the whole discussion of uh, trans people gaining and cis women losing rights seems kind of counterintuitive. I mean, rights are not a cake or something to be divided. Right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't it's, yeah. This whole cake of rights that you, uh, this rhetoric seems to upkeep just isn't factual. There is no liberation of women without the liberation of people of color or the liberation of LGBTQ people. And trying to claim otherwise is just pandering to white supremacy. Yeah, I mean, I I agree because, I mean, in a sense that it's like, I don't see it as a threat to my existence as a cis woman if uh, anyone else uh, gets to do more things, you know, because, uh, yeah, I, I really don't feel... Uh, like a victim in this case you know uh so i don't know um yeah i i think this is uh going uh into talking about things that are not as uh, like let's say relevant like i wouldn't want to waste let's say waste time uh talking about bathrooms where more talking about you know more important things like uh you know, the murder of trans people or, you know, the mistreatment that trans people face, uh, for example, in jail or things like that, you know? For example, in Brazil, that's that's a huge thing. Um, yeah, uh, for, that, for example, trans people uh, are in the, in the wrong uh, jail. So trans women are sent to men's jails and uh, they suffer enormous amounts of, uh, of violence and things like that, you know, and as a woman, Even if I would be in a women's jail and there's a trans woman there, I wouldn't uh, feel, uh, you know, uh, how to say, um, I wouldn't feel in danger, you know, at all. While if I was a woman in a, in a all men's jail, I would definitely feel like I'm in constant danger, you know. And I can think that for a trans woman, it would be the exact same thing. So, yeah, this kind of thing. Yeah, I see what you mean, exactly. Yeah. Um, Eliza Marie, before you before you got cut off, um, you were mentioning about how you feel that certain things are just moving a bit fast, and uh, and that you see that there that and you were concerned about potentially women losing some of the rights they have fought for. Um, what are the what's the loss of rights that you that you're worried about? Well, exactly, just as um, the point that was being made about um, the rights of people in prison, there are also men who are identifying as women who have not gone through any type of um, gender uh, reassignment surgery or hormones or anything like that, and they're being um, placed in women's prisons. And um, 
please don't ever think that if you're anybody is placed in a women's prison that they're safe because the incidence of rape in women's prisons by the guards who are there supposed to be looking after them is insanely high. It's it's incredible that this tends to just be um, uh, people just look away. Um, so these women who are in prison who are raped by the guards and can be raped by each other, they now have uh, been f- faced with men who have decided to identify as women to be put into a women's jail to face a lesser sentence or to have a, um, um, I guess, a more enjoyable stay in prison. And I'm not talking about people who have made a full transformation and have lived for decades uh, as uh, a a different gender. These are people who are just deciding, self-ID, let's go, let's face a a lighter sentence. So those are the kind of things. um, And, you know, uh, women in rape shelters and men are getting access to that. Um, it's uh, the self-ID that is, seems to be presenting quite quite a, um, a difficult situation for, for everybody involved. And to just, I think, slow down and look at what, what we're losing and, and their yeah. trans rights are highly important. Um, but we have to look, hang on a minute, what, what is being taken away from women? Where are the women-only safe spaces and, and um, they need to be maintained? There's two things. Let's not forget about the girls. Wait, um, if we can, if we can um, I mean, because I know there's someone else here at the table. I'm sorry you can't see the conversation, so we don't really have nonverbal communication, unfortunately. Um, but there's someone else who wants to respond. Yeah, there's uh, two things that really struck me with this, uh, the things that you just said. Firstly, um, the prison example, uh, first of all, it's not really a problem about trans people. You see, cis women are perfectly capable of uh, sexually assaulting each other as well. Uh, You mentioned that gods pose a threat, and really this kind of trouble that you seem to suggest could easily be eliminated if you uh, conquer the sexual assault problem that you have with the gods if they upkeep the peace that you're, they're supposed to do their job, right? You wouldn't have this kind of issue. Second, uh, transmedicalism or quantifying by who's valid as a trans person, whether or not they've gone through surgeries, is really harmful for the trans people who cannot for medical reasons, for financial reasons, for any other valid reason as uh, transition and denying them their validity is really dangerous. And as actively harms our lives mm. yeah, I th- uh, yeah. Um, is there a response before we go to the next song uh, from, from me or from somebody else um, any, any, anyone, anyone can speak honestly <laughs> um, yeah well yeah. as I said there's a lot involved and there's so many different things to, uh, that we need to consider and um, taking women's rights um, and forcing them to share women-only spaces with people who they don't see as being women is it's a it's a breach of human rights. Okay, uh, Elena. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that uh, yeah, again, I I agree with Leon that uh, uh, trans people are not only valid after they have uh, you know medically transitioned, um, but also I don't think that any person would uh, decide to uh, claim to be trans just to uh, you know have an easier jail experience 
because oh, I think you need to maybe do a little bit more research because there is a lot of that, a lot of information available and it's not just um, it's also committing rape and being identified as a rapist in court and the victim has to say she raped me with her penis um, you know things like that it's sort of it's getting out of hand and the speed at which the uh, governments are changing legislation it, it's too fast for the rest of us to sort of keep up and this kind yeah. of sensitization of those unfortunate cases really does uh, do damage to the trans community okay wait guys we do have a bit of we do i want to continue this i want to continue this um in the next section um where we can also talk we're going to continue on this vein but also want to talk a little bit more about um the sort of medicalization which you mentioned before leon of trans bodies and how you know potentially the way we perceive it we, we look at biology could be improved um in order to better the lives of trans people across the board um but before that our next song which is by joe stevens the song is titled daughter son i hope y'all enjoy Josh would kick me in the butt. So for all of you little short guys, or anything else that you are, none of you in here fit in the box, so it's for all of us doing our thing, making our art no matter what. I'm happy to belong to this community, so. My haircut don't look right, my clothes don't fit just right But them boy clothes are too big and the girls too tight My feet they look too small and I ain't very tall I fight for my mom every time I go to the mall If I can't be your daughter's son, I ain't nothing at all My teachers are off thrown. Public school is a war zone. Kids won't leave me and my queenie brother alone. Hey girl, don't pick to be on teams. Oh, I'm scrappy and I'm mean. And them girls, they seem to look right through me. My body has betrayed me. My life, the sun is setting black at night. If I had only known then about those girls, they saw me alright. I'm obviously a man, but I sit down on the can. I get shots in the leg by my lady's helping hand. My scars won't cross my chest. Dr. Bronstein is the best. And ain't no one can make me wear a dress. Well, just because I've done this doesn't mean you have to do it too. Unless you wanna. You don't know what it's like now, do you? Well, I'm going to hell Well, I've been down that well And God is a big boy He can't speak for himself Don't mess with God's design But where do you draw the line? How about Botox, dye pills, faceless braces Nuclear warfare, deforestation, laser hair removal Hydrogenated oils, Viagra Well, I think I'm doing fine Well, you're so scared of everything You shout these rules that you invent And who are you to force me to believe what you think Jesus meant? 
he had long hair and wore a dress. I grew up in a disguise. The pain has made me wise. All my people stand me seen and we will rise. My body is my home and I won't ever be alone. And I found my place behind this microphone. Well, I have chose my consequence. I have chosen my name. And I can be your daughter's son Cause they're one and the same Thank you all so much. Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. We are still talking about a rather contentious issue, which is uh, the rise in rhetoric on the internet that has been rather transphobic in um, rather transphobic in nature for a while. Um, I want to push back on one thing though, um, because Eliza Marie, you said earlier that um, you, you had said earlier that then that that there was an increasing number of trans people of trans of men transitioning to women in order to go to women's prisons. Um, but I do want to point out that the BBC, at least according to at least according, this is an article from um, the twenty first of May, twenty twenty, um, but. Uh, apparently, the number uh, that out of 124 sexual assaults in five women's jails over the previous nine years, from 2010 to 2018, only seven had been carried out by trans trans prisoners. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, that meanwhile the number of transgender victims it really really far exceeds the number of trans people who are actually suspe suspected of carrying out sex attacks, which I. Which I think is really what a lot of the what I think is what what, is the, what happens with a lot of this rhetoric. Um, it really often frames trans people as as being duplicitous or lying or lying about themselves in order to do crimes. Which ultimately, I mean, they're, I'm not saying that they do not ever happen. Um, however, they however they're not common. Um, there is one case that's actually became quite well known, um, the case of Karen White, who was a trans woman who did, was transferred into a woman woman's prison and then and then and then assaulted two women two women in that prison. But I do not think, but I don't think it's very dangerous to look at these few cases and think that this is the general situation for trans people, and then to promote to promote the legislation based on the based on based on that. Um, but anyways, um, back to the discussion. I really do want to bring it back to the subject of biology um, because a lot of people think of gender and sex being two as two completely separate things, um, and as two separate things. And some people think that gender does not really matter at all. It's only sex, um, which. I mean, Sham, you talked about this. You talked about uh, the Baha'u in India. There's a hijra community. Yes, uh, it's it's really resonant, and it's it's not a new discussion in India. It's been going on since centuries, um, and yeah. So there, in India, it's not the the trans uh, transgendered community are not called transgender, more like third gendered, uh, the third gender, uh, maybe because Indians like to count. Uh, mm -hmm. But the the point there is more like yeah, they they have been traditionally ostracized, although um, looking at my own upbringing, it was, um, they were they were always sort of revered, like from a religious point of view, but at the same time, they they were socially ostracized as in, like they can't find jobs 
etc., etc., etc. I cannot claim to represent uh, their sentiments, but what I what I can say is that like when I was in school, my my nickname was Chaka, which is a uh, a derogative term for a uh, hijra. I I didn't really care. It didn't it didn't change me in any ways. Uh, but uh, yeah, the 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 general rhetoric there is that indeed, like hey, this is this is a hijra, or like hey, this is, this is a transgendered person. And one of the things I recall is when I was in Bombay, we we when we speak English or when we speak Hindi, we 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 simply don't use gender anymore, as in uh, Hindi traditionally as gender for for things for inanimate objects like trains. And well, in Bombay, I I I didn't have no one had time to think about what a gender is for a train because you know you focus on the topic. Uh, so that brings me to the to the final point I want to make really is about about uh, confusing correlation to causation. So. Sure, there's a lot of things we can observe in society. Um, so we have a top-down view. Same goes for biology or any sort of ology uh, omics as a topic. And you you could you could uh, segmentalize um, what you see in different categories, uh, but you need to still keep in mind that that is just a point of view. Um, just because there is correlation uh, does not mean there is causation, and that. That is that is important to understand in terms of say sexual assault or rape, because if we don't know what causes it, let's not just blame it on something that we might think is a cause of it. Because then maybe we are we will we will never address the topic. And um, <laughs> from what we say, um, this has been going on ever since I guess humans are on the planet. I guess it happens in other species. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So that's. That's what I wanted to say about. Nice, thank you for saying that. Um, but yeah, um, but also um, I like what you, um, I really appreciate what you said about that. But also I want to, because I find that a lot of the rhetoric um, it's really focusing specifically on genitalia, and a lot of times the people are just will say will say that like ah yes, um, you are someone you you are not a trans woman, you are a man because you have a penis. It's just biology, um, but. The thing is, biological sex is really, 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 really complicated, um, and a lot of times people think of it being a binary, as in like, okay, there's only one or two, um, or like zero and one. Um, where it, the best, a better way to describe it would probably be to be bimodal, as in there's two clusters. Most people that that most people are in, but then there's also always a bunch a, a bunch in between. If you would graph a bimodal variation, you would might you might look you might it might look like the two humps of a camel on a curve, um, and I would say that those like one hump is is woman, one hump is male, but one but just because there are only those just because there are those two humps does not mean that those in between do not necessarily exist, and as such, I I I always bristle a little bit when there's people who are appealing to gen- genetics or biology as a termination as a determinant of biological sex because okay what if you're someone with XY chromosomes and you have complete androgen insensitivity syndrome which mm-hmm. would cause you to you are born you are assigned female at birth even though you have XY chromosomes because your external genitalia looks like that of a girl but you have internal testes and no, and no uterus, and you have XY chromosomes, as I said before. So, yeah, it, it, things are a lot more complicated than things than we than what we just see. Um, Sham, you said you had a point as well. 
Oh yeah, when you're talking about the biological uh, sex and chromosomes, then there's also the gender. And gender, I feel, I think it's it's just a personal form of identification. Correct me if I'm wrong. And yeah, <laughs> on, on, unfortunately, anything that's personal gets politicized. And then we, I, as as a well, someone with a background in science, I feel that that's a pity because um, then we we just end up arguing rather than trying to. Um, I know, trying to trying to have a more objective view on on things. Yes, exactly. I concur. Um, Elena, you have a you had a. Oh, okay. I, okay, that's how you're moving to your microphone. No, I was just I was just agreeing, uh, nodding. You know. But, oh, nice, uh, nice, just, nice. Just listening. <laughs> yes, but just one important addition to that, building on top of it, uh, be, uh, on the personal aspect is of course super important, but also the fact that uh, gender is imposed on us is a social construct according to the World Health Organization. And that really shapes also how we see these categories of male and female, right? Yes. Or men and women and so, other identities. Yeah, I mean, for the audience, just the way I might uh, think about this, um, just as an example, um, you know, we, they could just say their people are born, they generally have one, th- one set of genitalia or another set of genitalia, and then we impose the way that we think that someone should be based on those genitalia on those people. Is that inherent? Is it something that comes from having the genitalia? Not necessarily, no. It comes from what we teach people with certain sets of genitalia to believe about themselves. And then if you then fit a role, if, you then ha- if your role in society is not necessarily that of your genitalia, then what does that mean about how you identify yourself or how, how society identify you? At least that's the way I think about gender, at least. Um, but we've been talking for a while. Um, it is actually now time to go to our next song, which is by an um, artist named Isis Rain. Um, the song is called The Queen. I hope y'all enjoy.
everyone you're still here listening to student radio maastricht on rtv maastricht 107.5 fm and we are still talking about the contentious issue of transphobic rhetoric um that's common on the internet on and actually not the internet not only just the internet but also um just general media um one of the more recent uh cases actually um is one of chiamanda adichie which i have I have I think that I have a very I have a very nuanced I have a very very mixed nuanced view about this. Um but I also want to hear what y'all have to say about it as well. Um and so what so what happened was in 2017 she was there was an interview on I believe Channel 4. Um and she was asked um by the interviewer um whether it ma- about whether it matters how someone arrives at womanhood. And she said a uh, quote um when people talk about are trans women women my feeling is trans women are trans women. I think the whole problem of gender in the world is about our experiences. It's not about how we wear our hair or whether we have a vagina or a penis. It's about the way the world treats us. And I think that if you've lived in the world as a man with the privileges that the that the world accords to men and then sort of changed gender, it's difficult to, for me to then it's difficult, me to, it's, difficult, it's difficult for me to accept that we that then we can equate our your 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 experience with the experience of a woman who has lived from the beginning as a woman and who has not been accorded those privileges that men are i don't think it's a good thing to say talk about women's issues as being exactly the same as the issues of trans women because i don't think that's true and okay so that that was that's the end of the quote my point my view on this is that on the very surface level i do think that there is a point to what she's saying the experiences of trans women and cis women are definitely not the same and i think it's and i don't and i don't think it would be useful to equivalate the two to to, to equivalent the two yeah however i don't think that is the point of the question i think that when people are asking are trans women women what they're really they're not asking anything about the metaphysics of womanhood they're asking should we as a society treat trans women as women and to me the answer to that question is uh in the vast majority of circumstances yes uh i think there i think that i think that you know unless you're actually going to be actively dealing with their genitalia there's not really a reason to see a trans woman as not a woman so and yeah i think that and so i think that the way she answered the question was a bit disingenuous i think she could have said okay yes there are obvious dis- differences between trans women and cis women but they are all women the same way white women and black women are and you know you have thoughts yeah i think another thing that is problematic about this uh this quote uh in my view at least is the fact that uh she is 
completely denying the cis privilege, you know, because like, okay, as women, we have, you know, women's uh, issues, women's rights, stuff like that. Uh, but we still have uh, the the privilege of the privilege of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, of being cisgender and of, of not having to uh, come out to the world. Uh, and, you know, let's say, ask people to treat us for who we want to be treated, you know, or who we are. Um, and also, she kind of focuses on, on some kind of like male privilege, like previously, let's say, uh, as in like, she's like, oh, yeah, they were treated as men their whole lives. But again, this is erasing the fact that these people, uh, you know, probably didn't have the same experience that a cis man has in in their in their life you know so i think that's also another problematic aspect of this consideration yeah definitely trans people are sniffed out super fast like saying again from personal experience like ever since i remember it's always been treated differently whether or not how much i try to fit into the model of womanhood of course growing up in a backwards place uh it's it's just not the same you don't get the privilege of uh, what men have or what women have in my case in that sense yeah, I because it's that. you're just treated as alien or different no matter what yeah exactly so I feel like saying like oh yeah they were seen as men before may not even be true so like they may be erased before and after like erased yeah well yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like I think there's like like, like I said like I said before, I think there's like very small nuggets of truth within this because I think like, I don't want I don't want to equivalent. Also, I don't want to treat every trans trans experience as a monolith either, because um, for example, there's one YouTuber that I follow, um, ContraPoints, who thinks of herself as a man who became a woman. You know, her 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 up to her like her early up to her very very early adulthood, um, her she had lived a life other guy but then she realized but then after she transitioned the way she was socialized the way she the way she socialized changed the way people treated her was very different because yeah she suddenly was a woman everyone started treating her as a woman um but Eliza Marie how do you interpret the quote from Chimimanda yeah I think again it's, it's very complicated and this was in 2017 where things have changed so much in the last what is it four years um I don't necessarily agree with everything she says, um, but I don't. Uh, there is so much privilege in this world as a as a male, um, and women have been fighting so hard for such an incredibly long time, millennia, to have any sort of equality. Um, that yeah, to see any you know re references to women as vulva owners or chest feeders or birth parents, it's wiping away all the rights that we have tried to gain for ourselves um, that's again where where I come back to where that kind of thing is important to me um, and yeah gender is is just how you take it and I don't believe that anybody should be told to be anything um, other than what they truly feel um, but I do I do see that there, you know there is going to be a difference in how people are treated if they were first um, outwardly projecting as a man and then change to be a woman and but that's also their own vision their own vision of what their own stereotype of what a woman is there's so many different types of women there's so many different types of men um, 
so it's, yeah, it's difficult. As I said, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but um, women's issues are still women's issues. I, I completely agree um, on with, well, some level on, on certain things that you've just said, but I do want to bring that to a point about the erasure of women and things like uh, things things like pregnant people or um, chest feeders. But because I see that actually in kind of the complete opposite way that you do, I see it actually as a way of being more inclusive. Because, for example, I have a very good friend of mine, my my very good friend. Um, their dad was the person who gave birth to them. Um, trans a trend that he was a trans man and gave birth to him and that's my friend's father so to me so and so it, it wouldn't make sense to have them to have this person to have to have this person now shop in a maternity section because maternity does not apply to them and i really see like in this case i really see gender um in not exactly the same way, but sort of analogous to sort of the way that one might see adoption, um, in the in the sense that yes, there's obviously a biological aspect, um, but you know that's not the key thing. It's really more so the role that one plays and how they relate to society around them. And you would never and as I see it, I would the same way I would never refer to my friend's father as their mother is the same way that I would never refer to. A pregnant the same way I would the same, the same way I would never refer to an adoptive mother as not anything but an, an their child's mother, um, and so it's, and so like this and so as it relates to the situation with like pregnant people and uh, or people who menstruate and things like this, I see it as because like because like if people who menstruate there's a lot of people who menstruate there can they can. A lot of people menstruate. They can be trans people. They can be non-binary people, and they can also be women. Women also. Most of the people who menstruate, I think, probably identify as women, but not always. And <laughs> not probably, not probably. Yeah, but I mean, to, to be more inclusive, we we can't just erase women. So we can we have to find a way to say women and women women and people who menstruate, or women and birth parent or women and like you can't just completely say mothers don't exist because then you know you've just said it yourself I'm, that person who gave birth to your friend is a father so yeah. let's not erase the word father and say birthing parent because your friend believes that that person is their father uh but I think, but wait, Leon has a point. But before I, before, before that, just to respond to this as well, just before that, I just, I think, I think, I think it's more so for the sake of, you know, just ease. You know, I, I think it's because like medical, like for things like medical terminology and things like this, they're meant to be impersonal. I mean, they're meant to be as inclusive as possible, which means they're going to be necessarily impersonal. And so, like, in terms of like, you know, in terms of like. Uh, parents, for example, you know, I think of like I think it's I think referring to all these people as you know parenting as parents. There's fathers who are upset. There's mothers who are upset. But referring to them all as parents, I think that is inclusive of everyone, and it doesn't necessarily erase anyone. Um, of course, the word is not there, but it's not erasure per se because it's just it, it's because you're still included in the definition that is parent. But Leon, your point? Yes, and I wanted to say that the inclusion of trans people in this terms like uh, people who menstruate etc that we've uh, discussed before is just uh, more medically accurate and that's the goal of this kind of language that you used in healthcare and um, though one thing that I have to mention is that uh, the language that's mostly gender neutralized is uh, relating to female bodies so you're right in that sense that there is this sort of discrepancy with uh, male related issues as seen with more of the male lens while gender neutralization is often happening in this uh, 
like things related to uh, pregnancy, etc. So that's true. That's all language should be gender neutral in the sense. Yeah, and or I the same standard applying to everyone. I agree, and I think that uh, that potentially part of the reason why it more often. Um, why more why it's more often the more feminine things that are more gender neutralized is because i see as like mo- like it's the same the same way most of the same we think we, th- we think of mankind man is generally seen as the default and then woman is the marked thing and so it's always the marked thing that becomes a bit more neutral as opposed to the neutral thing becoming uh, inclusive of everything that is marked and i think uh, that's 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 the only way that I interpret it, but I'm really not sure. Um, but I think that yeah, I think that if it ha- I think that because uh, I think that also in addition having women and pregnant people or women and other people who menstruate, it then it just treats women as necessarily the default, which I think is harmful for other people who are not who are who who don't lie within that because it automatically puts them at like second place. Yeah. Not to forget, maybe there are, for example, I don't know, the women who don't menstruate, you know, like, I don't know. So it's kind of like also just making everything to uniform, you know, the concept of what a woman is supposed to be or not, you know. So, I mean, in my view, you know, I am a person who menstruates, so I don't feel offended if someone was uh, referred to me as that, you know. So it's kind of like, I don't know, but yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that is... Uh, more sim- simplifying uh, the situation rather than complicating it. Exactly. But, oh, well... We are at the end really, of the show. <laughs> we really got to the end of our show. Wow. We, the, the, the conversation really flew. We could have planned this to be a two-hour show, actually. Yeah. But unfortunately, now is time about to end. So um, it's time to go to our last song, which is uh, Assimilation by Evan Greer. I hope y'all enjoy. But before we go, I also want to thank RTV Maastricht. Thank you for allowing us to use your space. Um, thank you, listeners, for, you know, listening in every week. And, yeah, um, follow our follow us on Instagram, Student Radio Maastricht. Listen to our things on SoundCloud. And, yeah, tune in for the next hour. We're talking about linguistic discrimination. Glitter in my hair, pitchfork in the air. Coming for those mainstream fuckers, I swear. Gay nation wants assimilation White picket fence Disney vacation Joining in their military occupation Whacking people up with hate crimes legislation Equal to the people who run the corporations Living out in Brooklyn Gentrification I say resist this elitist bullshit I say it's time for a new movement If you're feeling this song You can all sing along When I say queer You say we're strong Say queer Say queer Say queer and we waited too long You sit and listen to the politicians saying Hey, give you another inch if you give me another day Have some patience, be a good gay Just like Dima with Katrina, they say help is on the way Put your hands up if you're being lied to Make some noise if your government is working for you Uh, check, one, two I guess we got our answer, so what are we gonna do? Let's riot in the streets till the break is on Start a revolution while we're getting it on the left of our children will be our revenge The only rings on our fingers are for self-defense Don't ask me what I think Cause I tell you what I say So don't ask me what I think Cause I tell you what I'd say 
We don't need gays in the military. We need militant gays. We don't need gays in the military. We need militant gays. We don't need gays in the military. We need militant gays. We don't need gays in the military. We need militant gays.